0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Bama Beat Podcast, where our name is misleading because it's actually a podcast about pickles and comfortable collegiate apparel. We'll get that name figured out one day. I'm Brett Hudson, and I am joined, as always, by Hunter Johnson on this here baseball edition of the Bama Beat Podcast. Hunter, have you recovered from your championship trip to Starkville and watching the basketball team win the first SEC regular season championship in almost two decades?
1: Yeah, I think I've recovered. I man. I'm not going to lie. There were some cobwebs going yesterday morning when I woke up. But, you know, had a good time. We got back from uh, from Startville, um, and now ready to see what this, this basketball team can do for the rest of the year. But also got a pretty darn good baseball team and a pretty good week for Alabama baseball this week.
0: It was. It was. So we have a we have a lot to get into here in the last. Week since the last time we podcasted, Alabama went up to Jacksonville State, won that game five to two, came back home to a nine to four loss to UT Martin before sweeping Wright state. Eight to four, eight to seven in eleven innings, and one to nothing in seven innings. We'll get to all of that. Plus the week ahead, another five-game week for, for Bama coming up. But Hunter, I have to let you know that Wickles Pickles, I don't know if you knew this, Wickles Pickles can be found in the state that produced Anthony Averett, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Javon Quinterly. Did you know that? I was
1: not aware of that.
0: Yeah. Tom Ulrich. Tom Ulrich at T Ulrich86 on Twitter. He loves the podcast. He found a jar of them up in New Jersey. Shout out to the Garden State. So he sent me a picture of it and, and said, hey, love the podcast. Bought, found some wickles up here in New Jersey and bought them to to support the show. So thank you to Tom for, for listening. Had, Shout uh, had out to ever, had,
1: Tom. Had he ever had Wickles before? Or was this his first time?
0: I didn't, I, I didn't like have a, a long conversation with him on, on okay. Twitter. So, but I would assume that since he seemed kind of surprised to be able to find them in New Jersey, I'm assuming that he hadn't had them before. So awesome. Um, I'm sure he'll be a I, fan uh, now. Yeah. The, the, the gospel of, of Wiggles is, is spreading largely due to your, your preaching on this here podcast.
1: Well, I am, uh, I'm very happy to do it. Um, wickles are a wickedly delicious pickle, relish okra and much more. Wickles are proud to be Alabama owned and made using a family recipe 90 years in the making from Saturday sandwiches to Christmas dinner. Their secret recipe used to be reserved for family and friends who were lucky enough to get their hand on a jar. Since 1998, they've been bringing the sweet heat and bold and tangy recipes into your home. Or more about them at wicklespickles.com. Buy them in your local store in the pickle aisle. Let's get wicked.
0: Do you have any New Jersey experience, Hunter? Ever, ever set foot in the state? I've actually never set foot in the
1: state of New Jersey.
0: I can't, flown, I can't say it. I've flown into and out of Newark a couple of times. Um, but that's, that counts. That's, yeah. And if I'm, if, if, if I'm being honest, I, I can't say that it was an enjoyable experience, but I think that had more to do with, uh, with driving in, in Newark and the airport than, than anything else. So um, there's there's that. But as we move forward to the, the week that was, we'll get to that after our weekly pop quiz. So, Hunter, everyone knows that all real Alabama basketball fans were in Pittsburgh for the 2018 NCAA tournament.
1: So, wait, real quick, real quick, real quick. I've decided that we're now we're, we're changing that. All the real fans were in Startville on Saturday. That's that's the mark of a true fan is if you were in Starbucks to watch us clinch. So you me have and
0: Luke. That up we fluff. That's that's not a me thing, man. No, I, fluff, I, fluff, I, fluff said he's good
1: with it, because he was at both. So that's
0: that's true. That's true. Well, we also know that all real Alabama baseball fans know that Andy Phillips is the program leader in career home runs. Do you know how many he hit? Fifty one? 61, very uh, very very close, very close. Okay. So 60. Oh well, it's the correct answer of uh, career homers for Verandy Phillips, and I, I love the the career or like any basically any home run statistic in, in college baseball because they're they're almost They'll impossible. Never be <laughs> yeah, yeah, like c- c- it's it's almost unimaginable for someone to hit 61 homers in college baseball right now because once you once you hit like. Seventeen in a year, you're gone. You're you're getting drafted. It's over.
1: Well, in um ninety seven, I think Brandon Larson for LSU hit forty one. <laughs> like just in that in that year. Like I'm telling you, ninety oh seven college baseball was wild.
0: It was loony Tunes with with the bats back then. I mean, it's it's not that way anymore. I mean, now if you have you have a guy hit like thirteen in a, in a year, and you're like, hey man, that that dude really. Really gave us some power this year. That's uh, that's great, but not the not that way back in the late '90s. Andy Phillips can end his career with 61 homers and is still the Alabama leader in career home runs. And as you said, it'll take some pretty drastic equipment changes to bring that record even within play anymore. Real quick, real quick,
1: Brandon Larson in 1997, it was 40 home runs. Have so 40 home runs, 118 RBIs, and then 381. <laughs>
0: That's that's an MVP season in MLB, over 162 games, and he probably did that in, what, like, 65? Yeah, probably
1: something like that. I mean, just absolute
0: silliness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't you love to have that back just for, like, one weekend, just to watch the ball soar?
1: I, I wouldn't look. want to be a pitcher with it.
0: No, no, no. Pitchers are probably going to come burn my house down, but the hitters are like, yes, give me that bat. Please, God, give me that bat. So – as we mentioned earlier, Alabama had two midweek games in between its weekend series against McNeese State and against Wright State. One of them in the good, one of them in the bad. Alabama beat Jacksonville State five to two on the road on Tuesday before losing to UT Martin nine to four on Wednesday. And as as is standard, anytime the Alabama baseball team loses a game, the season is over. The team sucks, um, people. Uh, uh, I'll just say it, FOGs, honestly, FOGs come in and all of a sudden the, the team sucks. They're being exposed and the, and the season is over. So setting that group aside, I don't know, dude. concern I, for I you mad. out was, of this?
1: I was mad. I was legit mad at the loss, mainly because I was there. And it made sense. Like Once I was able to step back and think about it, it just kind of felt like with what we were doing with our pitching, that we had kind of just like once they got the lead, we kind of laid down. And let Eli, you know, we threw a, lot, a ton of freshmen. Um, let Eli Giles go. For, I mean, we never even get, we weren't even getting anybody into the bullpen when Eli Giles was kind of getting shelled. Um so I actually, I left early. <laughs> I was like, if those quitting, I'm quitting. <laughs> so I, I left. I was not there for the last inning because I was mad. That's how butt hurt I got. But then, you know, you think about it, and you know you're not going to have Connor Prelit for the weekend. That's essentially like seven innings you were counting on. So you've yes. lost that. So you really have to protect your bullpen. So that's why you are gonna see um, you know more of the high-end bullpen guys um, in that game. Right. No so I get it. it. I was I was still mad though.
0: No, it made a lot of sense after the fact, after we found out that Connor Freelib wouldn't be available for for the weekend. That's one arm that's a, a solid like six inning chunk that you're not anticipating to get in your weekend anymore so you're having to save more of your weekend arms for for this so
1: like like McNary only McNary only threw two-thirds of an inning which yes. ended up being a good thing because we needed him for four and a third on saturday
0: oh we'll we'll get to that once we get to the the weekend that jacob McNary was something else this weekend dude but yeah. Uh, the the part about this, like I don't have much concern over this specific loss. Like it's it's one midweek w- loss. Uh, honestly, these things can kind of be a a benefit in the long run. They can kind of refocus. They can be learning lessons for some of the the younger players, which they they should have been for the freshman pitchers, as you mentioned. Braden Rowe, Jake Eddington, and Eli Giles were the three freshmen that pitched. They were charged with all nine of the runs allowed. Um, eight of them earned. So there's your there's your um, your your loss right there, and, and I don't say that to beat up on the freshmen. Like they're freshmen, they're they're finding their footing in college baseball. This kind of things happen. I, I say that to say that this could possibly repeat itself because this is a product of what the what the coaching staff believes to be not enough depth in their in their pitching staff. They they don't think that they are. At a point where they can work up their starters, where Connor Shamblin and William Freeman, your two midweek starters, are only taking four to five innings. And they have the arms after that to both cover those two midweek games and have those guys rearing to go for for good weekend performances. So that is where you have Braden Rowe, Jake Eddington, and, and Eli Giles pitching Uh, so many innings in in this midweek game when you probably otherwise wouldn't. And when when that is the case, that could very well happen again in the near future because Bama has two midweeks in each of the next two weeks. After this Wright State series, as we mentioned, they go to (laughs) UAP on Tuesday, host Troy on Wednesday, they have the College of Charleston series, and then They host South South Alabama and host Jacksonville State before the the Stetson series. So each of your next two weeks, you have two midweek games while your starters are still working themselves up and and building up some some arm strength and some stamina. I don't think it's out of the question that you could see Alabama in this very similar situation where thanks to having two midweeks with – not quite built up starters yet. You're forced to put freshmen in situations that they may not be ready for and it could result in a loss. That's not a guarantee, but I think it's it's possible.
1: Yeah, and you gotta think that Bo might be regretting so many of these five game weeks. Um, yes. and I wouldn't would not surprise me if he was maybe hoping for a little rain this week that might, you know, potentially eliminate one of those games. You know, and and maybe you play that game, you know, I don't know if it's at UAB or Troy. At home, you play that game later on in the year, but maybe you've developed a little bit more pitching depth because um, you haven't been announced yet. I haven't heard anything anyway about pre uh, uh, um, availability for the weekend. You, you hope that he's able to be back, but if he's not, you you really your pitching depth it's going to definitely be a concern. Uh,
0: it, the the one thing we'll say about Prelip, and and we'll we'll move on. He was with the team over the weekend, so you could probably pretty safely assume that it is not COVID. Without, Stop the
1: vid, clearly,
0: yeah. So, um, while uh, we have not and most likely will not get any clarity on what exactly the medical condition is, and, and frankly, it's probably none of our business, um, we can pretty safely assume it's not COVID because you would think they wouldn't have him in the dugout with the guys if, if he had COVID. So, um, there, 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 there is that aspect of, of things, but yeah, I want to touch on that midweek because while I, it, it the one. one not, it does in fact repeat itself and and Bama takes maybe two or three midweek losses in the next like month or so because of this then that's that's an RPI hit that is not on uh, that that's not insurmountable it's just not one that you would you would like to take the, at this point in in the season but everything came up roses over the weekend so so what is it what does it matter in the grand scheme of things Alabama swept right state eight to four on Friday had a Saturday double header. Won them eight to seven and one to nothing. And Connor Prelip's absence was was big, and we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But even bigger for the future is T.J. Reeves' absence. He took a mighty hack, and I believe it was the third inning of the first game on Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me double-check that real quick. But um,
1: you know, Sticks, he had just start, started to come along, you know, on Friday. He goes – Two for four hits a bomb. So you think like, oh, TJ's gonna put it together and like right. really gonna help this team out, and then you lose him in that game. And I, I think it's the, it's the same hamstring. Um, you know, he takes a big hack and, and just it it came it came down on
0: it. Locked up on him. It was a third, by the yeah. way. So he so Bama ended up playing 18 innings. They were only supposed to play sixteen, but they played eighteen on on Saturday and, and they had to play fifteen of them without TJ.
1: And by the way, real quick, real quick, Brett. So sure. Yeah, you know, we played the doubleheader due to weather concerns on Sunday. Did you go outside yesterday?
0: Uh, yeah, I could have, cause it didn't it, rain. It was, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I mean, but I totally get. Bo and just wanted to play two us innings. That's all that was. Cause, and it and it ended up working out great for us. Um, and I mean, and it's good because it lets Wright State make sure they can get back home. And they have been on the road for, I'm guessing about ten days because they played in Nashville the, before, so gave them a day. An ex, an, they could get home a day earlier, so I'm sure yeah, they didn't mind it either.
0: Right? Yeah, I don't think it really hurts anybody. But what what TJ's absence does for for Alabama going forward is it puts them in a very precarious situation with their outfielders because with TJ out of the fold, your your clear best three options are. William Hammond in left field, Caden Rose in center field, Owen Diodotti in right field. If you have all three of those guys playing at their, their roughly true talent level, you probably feel pretty good about it. But here's the problem with that. One injury risk Two, Caden Rose is is a true freshman. So there, there are going to be some bumps and bruises along the way at times where you would want to take him out of the lineup to kind of just help his development process. And three, Owen Ondiati is still learning how to play outfield, and that kind of reared its ugly head in a few instances over the the weekend series. To the point that they moved him from right field to DH for the second game of that Saturday doubleheader, and put Jackson Tate in in the field and in left field. Uh, so so Jackson- real quick,
1: real quick right, Brett. So I wasn't. I didn't get to watch game one. I was in start, Bill. Right. Why did, did he did he have an error? Why was he pulled? I wish I realize this is not great radio right here. I'm not really yeah, bringing so, much to the table here. No, He I got mean, pulled from Ryan because really he only had one at bat. He had three yeah. at bats because he had two two walks.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's it's good. He probably – there are probably other people who don't know as well. He So he there was a sack fly to him that he let pop out of his glove in the first game. And then there was a, a double – over his head that like wasn't an easy ball. It wasn't like a can of corn necessarily, but I, I mean, put it this way. I think Tyler Gentry would have got that ball. Okay. So the, there were a couple of defensive plays where a more experienced right fielder, like someone who didn't play catcher for almost all of their high school career or, or whatever the the prep baseball situation is in Canada um that person probably makes those plays, but but Owen Diodotti did not because he's still learning the position and, and that's fine. Like you gotta get those reps somehow, and his bat is so good that you have to have him in the lineup. But the defensive skill for for Diodotti just is not developed yet. So when those kind of things do rear their ugly head, you're you're forced to to put Jackson Tate and Andrew Pinkney out there more frequently than you probably would under the perfect circumstances because TJ Reeves is, is out. And if we don't know yet, we don't know the extent of, of TJ's injury. It's something we'll be asking Bo about in these in these midweek games, but it's a hamstring and it's the same hamstring that, that limited him in preseason practice. So hamstrings are, are finicky and, tricky sometimes. So if this is the kind of thing that nags TJ and he's out for a longer period of time, I think the thing that comes to my mind is it it just puts Alabama in a very much a margin of little to no error when it comes to their three outfield positions. And that's, it's not, it's just not ideal from, from a depth and lineup creation perspective.
1: Yeah. um, Obviously you want TJ, you hope that TJ is going to be okay. Um, But yeah, you weren't really probably planning on having to play um, Caden Rose every day as your center fielder and there's still some other things that could be done sure. um, moving some guys around you might get you, know, you might see Peyton playing a little bit more um, center field now uh, yeah. and then you you could put Bryce Evelyn in in, in the middle infield um, so yeah there's different ways you can do it to move it around but it, obviously not an ideal situation
0: now one one part of that is and you wouldn't want to put a ton of weight in this because it was only one weekend but Caden Rose had a pretty nice weekend at the plate his his season batting average is up to 286 now he went two for three in the in the friday game and then went one for three in the second game on on saturday so had a double in, in that friday game so a nice weekend at the plate for for Caden rose that's good to see but again he's, he's a true freshman he's going to take some lumps if you're going to be without tj for a long period of time you're either going to have to Make some moves, like you said, like move Peyton Wilson from second to center and put Bryce Eblin in there somewhere, or maybe just move Caden Rose into the infield. I guess that's a, a possibility, too. Um, or, or just do things that you would rather not do because your your depth is, is at a place where uh, you're putting – Less than well-rounded products uh, out there every single day, and and those kinds of things can can rear their their ugly heads. Well, time. if you had told
1: me that this was going to happen a week ago, I would have been more worried. But one good thing that's that if if William Hamner doesn't, he, William hammer has been playing really really well. He had a really great really good week. So with him coming along, it makes it at least easier to absorb.
0: It does, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that he he had the walk off on. The first game on Saturday in the 11th inning, he hit – that ball was a missile, dude. Like, I, I cannot believe it didn't leave the park. But a really good week for, for him. Two RBI in the Jacksonville State game, two for four with a run scored in an RBI against UT Martin. Uh, four hits over the weekend against Wright State, scored four runs, had two doubles um, in the Friday game against Wright State, drove in four runs total, including – the run that won the the first game of the Saturday doubleheader. So a really nice weekend for William Hameter. And speaking of other hitters that are staying hot, Zane Denton remains in fuego. His batting average for the year is at 433. He's 13 for 30 at the plate, a double and three homers for a 767 slugging percentage. If he didn't have just a random off game in the second game of the doubleheader, he went to 0 for 3. I would probably be up here in this podcast saying it's time to start intentionally walking Zane Denton because he's, he's been that good in this short uh, period of, of time. But we'll, we'll see how he rebounds from that 0 for 3 uh, against Wright State. But you make a good point that, that Hamiters hitting performance lately does ease that burden in the outfield, but it, it, there is still a burden to, to bear there now you might get some help from your pitching staff, which really did something impressive over the weekend. Tyler Ross performed. He was, he was shoving.
1: Dude. He, was, he was like, you know, 90, he was, you know, topping out at 96. Um, not the same pitcher that we saw in that first game, in his first start.
0: Oh, not, not even close. And to, to review his line, he had six innings, one hit, one run, two walks, five strikeouts, and 71 pitches to manage – those uh, six innings, and this was the game that that you were in attendance for over the weekend. So I'll let you speak to Tyler Ross since you sit behind on plate. But man, it it, it, go, it definitely shows you why the coaching staff had such a hard time picking their second and third starters for the rotation.
1: Yeah, it. Um, I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was a little concerned after his first start. Um, just right. he did. This didn't look good. Um, and then just like I said, a completely new guy on, on Friday. More velocity than he had in that first one. I mean, it was, he was sitting at 90, between 93 and 96. Um, the breaking ball was good. He was filling up the zone. Um, you know, like you said, only 71 pitches in six innings. Um, and really, a lot of that early on, he was, he, he, he had some really, really quick innings in the first three, four innings. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, then you bring it, things start to kind of get dicey a little bit. You bring in Hit, who, just did not have a great outing. And then you go to the wizard, and the wizard is the wizard. Brett? Yes? Did you not hear me?
0: Uh, you broke up there at the very end.
1: Okay. I couldn't hear you at all after I got done talking.
0: Okay. Um. What What did you end with? I'll edit this out. What did you end with?
1: Uh just... That- you, after Ross, you go with Hit, who doesn't have a great outing, and then you go with the Wizard, and the Wizard is the Wizard. Not not Hit best outing, Waltz a couple guys, but still good enough to uh, you know get you the W.
0: Well, this is what makes him and, and Chase Lee, the Viper, so valuable. He comes in and he gets the last eight outs of the game, does so in, in scoreless fashion in a game that – um, was was eight to four was was the final and and one of Bama's runs came in the bottom of the seventh. So when when Brock Guffey came into the game, it was not a four run game at, at, at the time. He kind of stopped the, the tying the, run
1: was on base, I believe.
0: Right, right. He he stopped the bleeding and and preserved that win for for Alabama. So he he's so valuable there. And then, um, the next day, Dylan Smith just. I mean, this is this is what you thought you were getting when he decides to come to Alabama. Once he got drafted by the Padres out of high school, decides to come to Alabama. This is what you thought you were going to get. He goes five and two thirds, one hit, one hit, no runs allowed, seven strikeouts to three walks, does it all in 96 pitches, which is impressive to to handle 96 pitches at, at this clip in your second start of, of the season, but he, he did it. And, and, and talking to Brad Bohannon after the game, it just sounds like things clicked mentally for him. And this is something I'll, I'll write more in depth on later on in the week. You'll see it on, on Tuscaloosa news and TideSports.com when it's time, but the physical talent was never an issue for him. It's not like he came to Tuscaloosa and developed some sort of like grip malfunction or something. He just, he had to adjust to college. He had to do things differently um, for the first time in his life. Which, uh, if he didn't, if he wasn't playing baseball, no one would notice, right? He'd just be a typical freshman going through freshman things. And but he was playing baseball, so it was easier to to notice. But now he's really figured those things out. He's matured in his age, and he can display these physical gifts that that made some MLB franchises want to pay him. Uh, a six-figure sum out of high school.
1: Sorry, I got an email. I was kind of off off the place. No, I'm, I'm actually probably going to go back tonight and watch that because I'm a huge Dylan Smith fan. Uh, I'm going to go back and watch that outing of his because it just sounds like he was shoving, um, just really so so happy for him. I hate he got another, another. He pitches so well. He's you know had two great outings and has nothing to show for it in terms of wins, uh, two no decisions. Uh, but yeah, it's just great to see that from him and you know excited to see what he could do the rest of the
0: year. I would go back and watch it if I were you. The the fastball velocity was there. Very confident with the breaking ball, too. That's that that's the stuff you want to see from him, because because the stuff is there for him. And then one more pitcher that <clears throat> deserves our praise is Jacob McNary. He came in in relief in the first game of the Saturday doubleheader, the, the game that Alabama won in 11 innings. Antoine Jean put up a pretty solid start. He he kinda had some some bad luck and a little bit of a towards <clears throat> excuse me, towards the end that kind of messed with his final line. But Jacob McNary comes in, throws four and a third and relief two runs, but both were unearned. Uh, one walk, four strikeouts, four hits in in that outing. Jacob McNary who had a really impressive bullpen outing this weekend as well. And then he turned it over to the Viper who who pitched uh, perfect. Was it perfect? Yes, perf. Well, no. Okay, so there was two hits. So not perfect, but scoreless. Tenth and eleventh innings to to give Bama the chance to walk it off in the in the bottom of of the eleventh. But Jacob McNary is another uh bullpen arm that deserves our praise from the from the weekend because he certainly did it to him. And then well, what was up with what was
1: up with Antoine Jean? Did um did he just I see he only gave up two earned. I'm guessing that that Diodati, um error was involved in the fact that he gave up five runs to so three unearned. He only gave up four hits in four innings. Kind of what was his deal? So he walked a few guys too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think he just kind of lost it there in the in the fifth, which which is a, a little understandable. I mean, his his pitch count did get up to ninety-three, so they were they were kind of pushing the pitch count a little bit to continue his working up process, and he kind of lost it there in the uh in the end, a wild pitch in there didn't didn't help his uh didn't help him out. And, and there was the the Diodati, um error on the sacrifice fly um, that that brought in um or, or, no I think he would, did get out on that one. That's not the same uh, sacrifice fly, but there was a sacrifice fly that that brought in a run. And he walked one. He allowed two singles in the wild pitch. That was all in the top of the fifth before he handed the ball over to. To McNary. so four really strong innings out of out of Jean, and then kind of lost it there towards the end. As long as that doesn't continue, as long as he continues on his ramping up process, that'll I imagine that'll um, iron itself out relatively quickly. Um, so I don't know if you have been like super online today, Hunter. I don't know how busy you've been, but Homefield Apparel said that they are going to be dropping two Power Five schools. In the month of March who are likely to make the NCAA tournament home field apparel is licensed collegiate apparel logos and designs that you have never seen before on the most comfortable t-shirts hoodies and sweatshirts that you will own so I I, I looked this up I went and looked at Lenardi's most recent bracket projection I took all the power five teams currently projected in the field and in the first four out just to give us a little bit of wiggle room. And I looked at which ones are and are not Homefield school. So I have the list.
1: Real, real real quick, real quick, I want to go ahead and make sure that the people know that it is one hundred percent definitely not Auburn, as Auburn is ineligible for the postseason this year, and Homefield already has Auburn stuff, but it is definitely not Auburn that he saw that they're talking about. Most Auburn as and Auburn is ineligible. Post, for The
0: postseason. Mostly that. Yeah. It, 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 absolutely. No, that's that's a that's a good uh, good copy out there. So I have the list of, of Power 5 schools in alphabetical order that it, that it could be just, just based on this. And I want to know what schools you would like to see. Arkansas, Clemson, Colorado, Florida, Illinois, Kansas, LSU, Minnesota, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Oregon, Stanford, Tennessee, Texas, Texas Tech, UCLA, USC, West Virginia, and Wisconsin, which That's which of apparel would you like to buy?
1: I mean, I don't know that I buy any of them. I'm not a big fan of like wearing like other you know Power Five schools gear, um, save for the occasional like. I mean, the, U, the UConn sad Husky obviously is. I would sure. totally wear that. Sure. Um, but no, I'm guessing. What, what would you in guess? I'm I'm guessing it might be uh, Ohio State. Okay. And. I don't know who the other one
0: would be. I guess we'll see. I would, I would, I would really, I'm really hoping that Minnesota is one of them because I, I feel like there's some probably really cool old Gopher designs in deep in the Minnesota archives. It would probably be awesome on a t-shirt. You could probably say the same for the Oregon Duck or the Texas Tech Red Raider, or even the West Virginia Mountaineer, uh, the Wisconsin Badger, too. So, um, all of that would would be fantastic but as you as you look at the uh catalog at homefieldapparel.com you'll find exactly that some very cool vintage stuff from currently just shy of a hundred schools they're working pretty hard to change that clearly alabama is one of them there's a little over a dozen pieces of alabama apparel on homefieldapparel.com including a basketball shirt that hunter tweeted into existence and three pieces of, app- of apparel from the most recent football national championship. All of it is on homefieldapparel.com, where you can use the promo code BAMABEAT to get 20% off your first purchase. Before we look at the week ahead, I do want to update people on Alabama standing in the rankings. In Baseball America's rankings, Alabama dropped one spot from 22 to 23, which was not a punishment for losing the UT Martin game. It was mainly a factor of ECU Having a really good week, they won a midweek game against Duke, which was ranked at the time, and then won its weekend series at Georgia Southern. But what stuck out to me about BA's rankings, four of the top five are on Alabama's schedule. Number one, Arkansas. Number two, Mississippi State. Number three, Vandy. Number five, Ole Miss. Good luck, fellas.
1: Still not it right. was a pretty. It was a pretty wild day on Saturday in the SEC. Wouldn't you have like eleven walk offs? Um, oh yeah, there kinda, were
0: six on Saturday. There were six yeah, on was, Saturday alone.
1: Um, it was cool they, being in Starkville um, during the basketball game. I guess it was around halftime. They were showing like the television broadcast from Duty Noble, and I, they happened to be. They show they were showing it when they hit the home run. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, State walked off Tulane twice. In that series, actually, they, they lost the Friday night game, then walked off that game on Saturday and, and walked it off on, on Sunday to win that series. But there were there were six walk offs in SEC baseball alone uh, on Saturday. Bama being one of them. Um, shout out to William Hameter. Bama still not ranked on D1 baseball. And there was some opportunity to change that, considering five teams were dropped out of D1's top 25. NC State, Wake Forest, Auburn, Florida State and Duke all Dropped out, but they moved Oregon State, FAU, Boston College, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina into the rankings. Not the Crimson Tide this time, but the series at College of Charleston gives you a a chance to make D1 baseball reconsider that. Which, speaking of College of Charleston, let's talk about them for a second. They are two and five on the season. They just got swept by USC upstate at home. That's a tough scene. The name to know here is Caswell Smith. He's kind of College of Charleston's Connor Prelip-Light. He showed up to campus before the 2020 season was really strong, has not been as strong in the 2021 year, but clearly the talent is there. Joseph Mershon is hitting 435 with an OPS of 1204, so that's a bat to watch out for. But here's something weird, Hunter. College of Charleston has four homers as a team in seven games this year, which I don't understand because – They've played all seven games at home this year and their park is pretty comparable to Alabama's in terms of size with the exception of a pretty short porch down the left field line. It's just 300 feet down there. It's, it's perplexing to me that they don't have more homers than this. And the doubles and triples numbers are pretty comparable with Alabama. So I don't, I don't really know what's going on there.
1: To um, try to think of who, who that, that little short porch could help out for us. Um, maybe, maybe the Adati. I mean, with the way Peyton Wilson just pretty much only hits home runs now, um, yeah. I, you know, when he's when he's hitting, going up against a righty, it might be good for him as well.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of how William Hammeter would benefit from that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, with the, with the amount of lefty bats this team has, that might be something to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Ty Good. Is also a pretty good starter for uh, for College of Charleston. Two solid starts under his belt. He's allowed five hits and two walks in ten and two thirds innings, an ERA of two five three, and a batting average allowed of one thirty nine. And then that that series will come after midweek games, as we mentioned earlier, at UAB on Tuesday and home against Troy on Wednesday. What's the basketball situation on Tuesday, Hunter? Basketball plays at six,
1: so. I know uh, our good friend and fan of the show, Roger Myers, is going to have a tough decision to make. Is he going to come to the basketball game, or is he going to go up to Birmingham to watch the uh, the baseball game? It's Auburn, right, at home? Yeah, Auburn on Tuesday. The, the I-Bob.
0: Uh, the, the Iron Bowl of basketball, that's right. So I, I assume you'll be at, at basketball.
1: I will be at basketball. I would not hate it if it rained. I'm praying for rain tomorrow night, rain out that UAB game, play them up there later in the year, because I love going up there to – regions to watch that Alabama UAB baseball game that we play up there pretty much every year. So I'm, ho- I'm hoping for rain tomorrow
0: night. Well, see, I I'm, I'm wouldn't mind going up there because I like eating in Birmingham. Like, I've, I've been to Birmingham and up. So the, the two things I tend to eat in, in Birmingham just because I know where they are and they're they're easy. I know they're not local, but I have friends who live up in Birmingham, so I, I eat local with them. The two things that I tend to eat in Birmingham are Hattie B's and Shake Shack. Um, yeah. But I've had I've had both of those uh, somewhat recently. So I'm going to go back to saws. It's been it's been a while since I've had any saws barbecue in, in my life. So um, I do, would you, um, do you like, do you like Italian. Italian? I'm OK with Italian. You got a spot for me?
1: There's a nice little neighborhood spot up there. It's called the Olive Garden. I never knew that I'd be able to work the Olive Garden joke into a podcast, and I'm oh glad that I've been able to.
0: God, I, I didn't even see it coming. I should have. You were
1: not even ready.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, tour
1: I'll so teach you like family.
0: <laughs> oh, now, can you tell me about the breadstick situation? I'm a big breadstick guy.
1: Oh, yeah, unlimited, maybe. All you want. Ow. Salad, hey. too.
0: Well, uh, forget salt. I'm going to have to go to Olive Garden <laughs> on, my, on my way up to – to Birmingham and and plus I wouldn't get that benefit if um if they postponed the game uh to a later date, which I guess is a, a good segue to the the news before uh we let you go. I am in my final week with the Tuscaloosa news. I'm, I'm taking a job with an honor society that is based here in, in Tuscaloosa. So I'm staying local. I'm I'm gonna be still attending sporting events just as a, a ticket holding uh, local as opposed to um, a, a credentialed media member. But my next day, my, my last day is next Monday. So I will still be on the Bama Beat podcast after the College of Charleston series. So you get one more episode with, with Hunter and I. Um, but I, I can't say enough about uh, the barrel of fun that I've had recording these podcasts with you, Cecil and Clint. And honestly, this is probably the part of my job that I've enjoyed most over the, the last year and a half and the the listeners embracing that has exceeded every expectation I could have possibly had when I first showed up here in, in August of 2019. So I cannot thank listeners and, and co-hosts enough for, for making my time at the Tuscaloosa News, but especially the Bama Beat podcast as enjoyable as it has been. Uh, and, and thank you to all the kind words to people who have uh, tweeted at me in, in response to my, uh, announcement of that news on Twitter uh, Monday morning so I'll have one more episode of the Bama Beat podcast with Hunter and I before I go embark on a normal business hours life where I'm not constantly looking over my shoulder waiting for someone to enter the transfer portal or some coach to be hired or fired or, or whatever until then well, we're, we're,
1: we're, we're happy for you Brett I'm obviously sad to lose you I've really enjoyed doing these with you um, so yeah you're definitely going to be missed but we are happy for you
0: well, I appreciate that, man. I'm sure the, the podcast will only get better in my absence. We appreciate you all listening to the Bama Beat Baseball podcast brought to you by Wickles Pickles and Home Field Apparel. Hunter? Please, please buy Wickles.